Masechet Besad Daf Yod Bet. A lot of really important topics uh, today, um, especially the concept of once something is permitted on Yom Tov because of uh, food, then it's permitted for other purposes as well, which is a very, very important principle. Uh, but we're going to start off just uh, a last note about the Mishnah. So I'm going back to the Mishnah on 11, which talked about people opening their stores on the holiday, which was permitted. People wouldn't pay, but people then, uh, uh, customers could come and take what they need. And here, Bet Shammai is more machmir, and he said, you cannot remove the shutters on Yom Tov. That would be uh, deconstructing and putting them back would be building. So all that is not allowed, so they can't open their stores. Bet says, not only can you open it, you can also close it up because if we don't allow the store owner to close up his shop, then he's not going to want to open it. And then people won't be able to get their eggs and milk and cheese and things to make the holiday. And so we want to be very machmir on the happiness of the holiday and make sure everyone can get the food that they need. Uh, so we spoke about that already, but we just have one last point about it, which is as follows. We're comparing the Mishnah with another Braita. It's very interesting. There seems to be um, Braitot that are uh, uh, complete, completely different from the Mishnah, especially regarding these controversies between Bet Hillel and Bet Shammai. So we're pointing out that the following Beraita is different, as a different version of the Machloket than our Mishnah. We're not going to reconcile it. It's just different. The Tanya. According to this, Bet Shammai agrees that you're allowed to open the store, that you're allowed to take off the, the, uh, the um, shutters, no problem. And the old Machloket, Machloket is, can you put them back? But Shammai makes sense. I understand you can open them so that you can enjoy the holiday. Why, why should you allow a person to put it back? Bet Hillel comes up with this thing. If you don't allow them to put it back, then they're not going to open. Okay, that's an extra step. Bet Shammai is not willing to go that, to that step. So you see that it shifts. The whole machloket is more lenient in this version. And it's even more lenient. This whole thing is talking about when the shutters have a hinge. But if there's no hinge, then Bet Shammai agrees, you can take it off, put it back on, you can do everything. Um, and so if it has no hinge, the idea is it's just a wooden board. So I'm just putting it in, taking it out. I'm really not doing anything. Uh, it's not called building or deconstructing. But if it does have a hinge, uh, we're going to see there's two types of uh, shutters. It's one that has two hinges at the edge and they'll swing open and others that have one hinge. So this now already involves a little bit more work. You got to get the hinge in, you got to do some, you know, some uh, extra labor. And so that is where the machloket is. Bet Hillel says you can even do that, but that's where Bet Shammai says, you can't put them back because that involves some technical work to put them back. Okay, that's all one version of a braita. That's not the same as our Mishnah, as you can see. And now we have yet another braita that's different from both of the things we just said. This one is more stringent and said the controversy that we just read is when there's no hinge. If there are, if there is a hinge, then even Betilel says it's prohibited. That's called building and deconstructing, and you're not allowed to do it. Now, this we want to try to reconcile because these really look like two very close versions um, in their language, but yet they say the opposite at the end. Um, so, look, they could be different, but Abaye managed to, rec- manages to reconcile them. Abaye, 
Here's how it works. You have to distinguish how many hinges there are. If there is, um, uh, if there has a hinge at the edge, like uh, like this one here, that's very involved. Everyone agrees it's not allowed. If it has no hinges at all, that's easy. Everyone agrees it's allowed. The machloket is when there's one hinge in the middle. That's the in-between, literally the in-between case. And that's where the machloket is. And once we do that, we can reconcile both baraitot with each other. And the reason is, Betchamai would say, we have to worry if I permit the one that has one hinge in the middle, then you're going to come to uh, also, people are going to come to use the one with the hinges on the side, and that's not allowed. And Betilel says, I don't have to worry. People know the difference. You can tell them this is not allowed, and this is allowed, and everything is good. All right. And now, a very, very important Mishnah. So we're talking about carrying on Yom Tov, which we know is allowed, but here's the source for it. Bet Shammai does not allow carrying on Yom Tov. Well, carrying what? Carrying a child or a lulav, which you would need for the, even if even though you need it for a mitzvah, and not a sefer Torah. If, you know, you need it, you left it in the other room, in the other house, and you want to use it in the Bet Knesset, all these are not allowed. So what does Bet Shammai permit? Bet Shemai would permit carrying food. So this is interesting. There's a connection. Sometimes we think you're allowed to cook and you're allowed to carry. Actually, it's all the same thing. You're allowed to do anything that will help you eat, um, especially if you couldn't have done it before, before Yom Tov. So cooking involves other things too, like uh, kneading. And it also involves carrying because you cook it in one place and then you bring it to another place. You don't always eat in the same place that you're, um, that you're cooking. So therefore, carrying food, everyone is, agrees is allowed. Bet Shammai says, that's it. Only allowed to carry food. You can't carry other things, not even these important things. Katan, you want to bring your kids to your in-laws, you know, these important things. But Bet Hillel says, matirin. And we're going to see the basic principle is that mitoch because it's already allowed for the purpose of food, that same action can also be done for the purpose that's not food for other purposes as well. In classic cases, you're allowed to heat up water and cook to, to, if you want to have tea and coffee. Well, once you're doing that, you can also heat up water to wash your hands in warm water, right? Even though you're not eating it, that's, once it's permitted for one reason, it's permitted for other reasons. David? Yeah, so does, does this imply that Bet Shammai goes against all those Mishnayot that we saw in, uh, in Sukkah, where we explicitly said that people are walking around with their lulav on Yom Tov? Oh, that's interesting, right? People are walking around with their lulavim uh, all day long. Well, maybe it's only during Chol. Did it say that it was even on Yom Tov? I mean, I think it was implied. They, they made all the special exception. They talked about the special case when it falls on Shabbat that they can't take it out of their house. That's so, a good point. Okay, yeah, it could, it's very likely that the, those Mishnayot are according to Bet Hillel, because that is the prevailing opinion. But here we are recording the older opinion of Bet Shammai, even though we don't follow it anymore. Okay, that's a good point. Now, Here's the following um, baraita that says, someone who goes and sacrifices in Olah, he probably gives a gift. I want to. I want to bring an olah. I, I, I feel like it, and he does it on Yom Tov. He gets malkut. Someone who violates any melacha on Yom Tov, it's not sekila um, like Shabbat. It's lower level. It's okay. So the problem here is that it's an olah. The whole thing is burnt, so you don't eat any part of it. So you just did shechita and you burnt it. You did all these melachot. Well, here's this guy only did shechita. 
So he did shechita, not for the purpose of eating. And he gets malkut. Now, this is a really interesting badaita. Why should he get malkut? Why don't you say, since you're allowed to do shechita for eating, I should be allowed to do shechita, even though I'm not eating it, because I feel like bringing a korban on the holiday. So this is what we're going to discuss. So who told you that baraita? Bet Shamaihi. That must be a Bet Shamai baraita. Because Bet Shamai does not have this principle. They say you can only do melacha, any melacha, let's say shechita, if you're going to eat, but now you're not eating it. Therefore, hayav, hayav malkut. So now, Betilel really originally only said it regarding carrying. Since you can carry food, you can carry a baby also. But it's the same principle. We should apply the same principle to other melachot. And therefore, this paraita must be according to Bet Shammai and not according to Betilel. All right, we're going to challenge this now. And this is an essential challenge, uh, even though we're going to challenge the challenge. So don't worry, we're going to come back. This is, wait, how do you know that this is what they're arguing about, about the principle of Maybe they're arguing about the fundamental, is there any melacha of carrying on Yom Tov at all? Right? And maybe there is carrying and the whole laws of Eruv that are required if you want to carry on Shabbat. But Yom Tov, does not, none of that applies. In other words, Hotza'ah is one of the Thurnan Melachot. Maybe it's only for Shabbat. Maybe on Yom Tov, there's only 38 Melachot prohibited. And carrying is simply not one of them. In other words, not because of the principle. The Bet Hillel permits carrying because of carrying. Right? But he doesn't have this principle of because something is permitted, therefore something else is permitted, and that wouldn't apply to Shechita. And therefore, that Braita could be according to Bet Hillel. Right? So here is more um, So this would be Bet Shemai. He thinks, yes, the whole, the whole thing applies, and you have to make an Eruv for Yom Tov. This would be relevant because when we make an Eruv, we usually make it once a year. So can you make it on Yom Tov for the whole thing? Right? According to Bet Shemai, you could. According to Bet Hillel, you couldn't. Bet Hillel says there's no concept of Hotza'a, so therefore there's no point in making an Eruv. And has he proved that? Hashabbat in Pasuk in Yirmiyah, where he, um, this is the earliest explicit source about carrying. He says, don't take the burden out of your house uh, and take it to the marketplace to, to sell. On Shabbat specifically, so maybe in fact there's only 38 melachot on Yom Tov, and that's the reason Betilel uh, permits carrying the lulav and the sefer Torah on Yom Tov. It has nothing to do with the principle of mitoch shutra litzorech, and therefore this paraita of shechita can be Betilel. Okay, that's all Rabbah. But now we're going to reject this. If that was the case, if there's no such thing as carrying on Yom Tov, then they, this Mishnah shouldn't talk about carrying a baby or lulav. It should say you're allowed to carry stones because it means there's no problem of carrying. So I should be allowed to carry everything. Now, stones is interesting because stones has another problem of mukseh, right? I mean, unless you put them aside, so I'm going to use the stone to, uh, you know, to clean myself. But uh, usually they're, they're, they're mukseh. What you see here is that there's actually a close connection between mukseh and carrying. It seems that at least one of the reasons why something is mukseh is because 
if I'm allowed to handle a lot of things, I'm going to end up carrying it outside. Right? I'm going to play with stones. I'm going to use all kinds of things. I'm going to put in my pocket. So therefore, Mukseh says, oh, don't handle too many things. Only handle things you really need, and that way you won't come to carry. So if there's no problem of carrying, then it sounds like there's also no problem of Mukseh. This is a very interesting uh, 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 concept. So rather what we see, since they're arguing about things that I still need, like Alulav or Sefer Torah, children, right? They have, have some necessity. So the point is that it's not because there's no such thing as carrying. There is a concept that you're not allowed to carry on Yom Tov. What can you not carry? You can't carry things that have no use. You can't just carry, you know, which means according to this, I mean, this is discussed in Halakha. Um, so this is not the final thing, but let's say you have some old papers in, in your pocket that you don't need. You should take them out on Yom Tov. You shouldn't just carry things that you don't need. But if since, but not only food, the, we go back to the principle, Betty Lowe's opinion is, since you're allowed to carry food, you're allowed to carry other things, even though they're not food, uh, but there should be some reason that you need them, some good reason um, that they will um, help you on Yom Tov. Okay, so that is the conclusion. And now we add support to that conclusion. Birchanan agrees with our interpretation that the reason Betilel says it's permitted is because since you're allowed to carry for food, you could do any melacha for food, so too you're allowed to do it even not for food. And how do we know that Birchanan says this? A little bit of a roundabout proof, but an interesting one. The rabbis always liked counting how many, how many prohibitions can you violate with one act? So this one is five. A certain tana, uh, the, one of the, the professional memorizers, said the following b'raita in front of Rabbi Yochanan. Um, <laughs> right. It's always dangerous to be in that position, to be the walking book in front of a great rabbi like Rabbi Yochanan, because he knows him better than you. So um, here's what the memorizer says. I remember a tradition that says, If someone takes gida which is prohibited to eat, and cooks it in milk on Yom Tov and eats it, he gets five times malkut. Let's count the five. He uh, violates cooking the gid. Now, on a weekday, you're allowed to cook the gid. There's no, the only you can eat it, you're allowed to cook it. The problem here is that's Yom Tov, and you're cooking something that you're not allowed to eat. So you see, cooking, not for the sake of eating, is prohibited according to this. Right, this would follow Bet Shemai. Hold on. Eating the gid. Okay, that's for sure bad. You're not allowed to cook milk and meat. Even during a weekday, you can't cook them. And also eating the meat and milk is prohibited. And for kindling a fire. You know, adding wood, stoking the, stoking the fire. So that's also a problem because now you are cooking things, something that you're not allowed to eat on Yom Tov. So once again, we have two malachot here that you're violating on Yom Tov because you're, it's not edible. Now, what question, we can question why not? Since you're allowed to cook for not edible, for, for food, aren't you allowed to cook for, for not food? So in that conversation, Amaleh, Rabbi Yochanan told that memorizer, Pok, get out of here, right? Take that teaching and get outside, right? This is a, this is a, a, a incorrect teaching. Because uh, uh, kindling a fire and cooking, that is not included. That's not, that's not part of the, our oral tradition that this would be a problem. 
And if it is included, maybe you have a Braita that is verified and correct, then it's Bet Shamai, right? And it's rejected. So stop, don't tell me, don't repeat that Braita anymore. If you follow Bet Shamai, then your Beraita makes sense because Bet Shamai does not have the principle that it's allowed for any other reason than food. And so in this case, because it's Gida Nasheh and Basamechalav, so now you're violating cooking on Yom Tov and kindling a fire. So Bet Shamai would agree that you give five, five times Malkut. But Betilel, di Betilel, Kevanda Mere Mitoshusa Hotsa Alisorek, Utra Name Shelodetzorek, Hachaname Mitoshutra Habaradetzorek, Utra Name Shelodetzorek. Because if it were Betilel, we know he has the principle about carrying. You can carry food, therefore you can carry anything. So too, he would say the same thing since you're allowed to make a fire for food. So too, you can keep a fire, not make a fire, kindle a fire for food. So too, you can kindle a fire even not for food. And therefore, Betilel would um, give the guy only three times Malkut, not five times. And since Rabbi Yochanan was the one that corrected the Tana and said, get that out of here, that's Bet Shemai. You see, he thinks that the reason is because of the Mitoch principle. And so that is, in fact, a very important principle. And as is the Halakha Lamaaseh, that one is allowed to do things as long as has some purpose in uh, enhancing Yom Tov, even if it's not for food, it's permitted. Yes, David. So the, um, I just want to question the Havara. Does that, we're interpreting this kindling, but is it a starting a fire or like, you know, we always do ish to ish in our. Exactly. You can't start a fire because that's something you could have done before Yom Tov, right? You're going to go, you know, rub uh, two stones together. That's a lot of work and you could do that, do that before. So therefore you're not allowed to do it on Yom Tov. But to keep a fire going, it's impossible to do everything from before Yom Tov. So you're allowed to add fuel, you're allowed to stoke the coals, you're allowed to fan it, all the things so the, to make so the, the fire. So the, the Torah prohibition when we read is not necessarily igniting, it, it is actually kindling the fire because it's Shabbat. Correct, right. It's uh, either one, right. On Shabbat, both would be both would right. be prohibited. Either starting the fire or keeping it going are both prohibited. Although the rabbis are lenient in saying you can have the fire going by itself. If you don't do anything, um, you can use it for, you can get heat, you can get light from it, you can't cook with it, but could use it for other things. But there were other uh, groups of Jews, sectarian Jews, who said, Botabaru means don't even have it burning. You got to put out all the fires beforehand. You can't even benefit. And that's, that's, um, uh, could be the the sort the reason why hadlakat nerot is so important that we're madlik nerot to show specifically we don't agree with the other those other groups that would not have fire they sit in the cold and dark there's still some groups of karais but this kemara but this kemara is saying that you can't is saying havara meaning it's only from an existing flame it's not saying you could start a new flame on your it's not starting it's not starting it's not saying it's starting a new flame because right. at all melacha of yom tov you're allowed to do only if you couldn't do, do it before. But this is something that you could do before. So therefore, you know, go do the work before. Don't use Yom Tov to, to sit there and, uh, you know, rubbing stuff. Start the flame, right. Okay. okay, good. And now the last Mishnah for today. Bet Shammai Omerim en molichin hala umatanot la kohen b'yom tov ben shuhurmu me'emesh ben shuhurmu me'hayom u'betilel matirin. This requires a little bit of in- introduction. Um, there are various things that we give to a kohen. The one that everybody knows is, let's say, Tiruma, right? And Maaser, to give to a Livy. So let's say Tiruma. 
Terumah, you're not allowed to uh, separate Terumah on Shabbat or Yom Tov um, because you could have done it beforehand. And now you're not allowed to eat it when, if it don't, don't have Terumah, if you didn't take Terumah. And so now you're mitaken. You're taking something that was not edible and now you're turning into something edible. You should have done it before. Okay, not only can't, are you not allowed to separate it, even if you separated it before Yom Tov or Shabbat, you're not allowed to bring it, give it to the Kohen on Shabbat or Yom Tov. This seems to be almost everyone's opinion. We're going to see there is the Biyoseh in the Gemara that says this is permitted, but let's say right now it's prohibited. You, so Tiruma, you can't separate it. And you also, even if it was separated before, you can't give it to a Kohen. Why not? A couple of possible reasons. One is, if I give it to the Kohen, maybe he lives far away, I'm going to end up carrying it. Or maybe if I permit giving it to him, I'm also going to separate it. I'm going to say, oh, look like Kohen, I want to give him a gift. Oh, but I mean, you're going to separate the, you know, your uh, olives and then go and give it to him. Therefore, no separating and no giving regarding teruma. Now, put that on the side. Now we're talking about chala and matanot. Chala, I'm making a dough. And I give, I have to take, remove a little and give it to the Kohen. Matanot is anytime I slaughter an animal just to make hamburgers, not a korban, right? For, for myself, there are some parts of it, like the jaw and the zeroa. I also, the Kohen gets those parts of the animal. Um, so now those things are different, we're going to see, because these are things that I'm allowed to do on Yom Tov. On Yom Tov, I'm not allowed to pick olives. And then, so therefore, it has to be done beforehand. So you should have done the Tirumah before. But chala, I'm allowed to make dough on Yom Tov. I'm allowed to do shechita on Yom Tov. So now how am I going to do it? How am I going to make dough? I can't eat it until I give it to the Kohen. So obviously, I am allowed to separate chala even on Yom Tov, right? And I am allowed to give the zerawa to the Kohen if I do shechita on Yom Tov. So everybody agrees with that. Now our question is, can I actually give it to the Kohen? So, because I could separate the dough, I'll put it on the side, and maybe after Yom Tov, I give it to the Kohen. Am I allowed to give it to the Kohen on Yom Tov or not? That's our question. Bet Shammai says, I am not allowed molichin, I am not allowed to take hala and matanot, parts of the animal, to the Kohen on Yom Tov. And as, this is the key words, whether it was taken before yesterday or whether it was taken today whether I separated out that, that zeroa um, yesterday or today, either way, I'm not allowed to give it to him. See, if it was yesterday, then you can say for sure that wouldn't be allowed because you should have given it to him yesterday, right? You should have, you could have dri driven, take him to before Yom Tov. But today, I just, uh, I just did shechita. I didn't have a chance, so be, then it should be allowed. But Bet Shemai says, no, not even that. Not even if I did slaughtering today, I can't do it. nothing, right? Okay, now Bet Hillel says it's permitted. Now he says permitted, it sounds like he's permitting both cases, right? Whether I did the slaughtering yesterday or whether I did it today, it doesn't matter. I'm allowed to go ahead and give it to the clan. I guess maybe you could say it's an extension. Since I'm allowed to do shechita, I'm allowed to make, make dough on Yom Tov, therefore I'm allowed to separate it. If I'm allowed to separate it, I should be allowed to give it to him. And even if it was from yesterday, all right, we'll bring that in too. That's the machloket. Now here's their proofs. You know, it's, it's somewhat rare when you have uh, actual argumentation in the Mishnah. Usually the Gemara provides that. So it's good to pay, pay close attention when you find it in the Mishnah. Bet Shammai says, What is a Gezerah Shava? Ask most people, they'll tell you, Gezerah Shava is when you take two Pesukim and you compare them because you have the same phrase in two places. 
Well, let's see if that works, if that definition works here. Halal matanot matana la kohen. Utruma matana la kohen. Keshem she'en molichin et ha-tiruma, kach en molichin et matanot I'm going to compare the two cases. Halan matanot, the dough and the pieces of the animal, they're a present to the kohen. Tiruma is also a gift to the kohen. Now, everyone, you all agree that you're not allowed to give tiruma to the kohen, even if it was separated from before. I can't give it to the kohen on Yom Tov. So this would be the same thing. This is another kind of present, and it should be also prohibited from giving it to the Kohen on Yom Tov. For whatever reason, it's going to cause carrying. Okay. You can't compare these. I'm not allowed to separate on Yom Tov. Because, right, these are things that I, I harvested before. I can't harvest on Yom Tov. So I should have done it before. And that's why, since I can't separate Tiruma, that's why I can't give it to him. But that's not comparable to Chala and Matanot, where I'm allowed to make dough. I'm allowed to do Shechita on Yom Tov. So since I'm allowed to separate it, I should also be allowed to go ahead and give it to him. So therefore, it's not comparable. Okay, so very interesting. What we see here is that neither side is quoting Pesukim. This is probably the oldest Gezerah Shabbat we have in all, in, all of, uh, in all of Talmudic literature. And you see, essentially, Gezerah Shabbat is similar to a Kal Bachomer. You have Kal Bachomer, Gezerah Shabbat. Kal means comparing to something more lenient. Gezerah is something more stringent. Gezerah Shabbat is comparing things, con- concepts that are equal. So it's like Kal Bachomer could be a concept, not necessarily a Pasuk. So too, the original Gezerah Shabbat is comparing two concepts then what you see, I wrote a whole paper about this, I'm happy to send it to you, that some, then eventually, when we're comparing concepts, we're going to bring Pesukim in, and then we bring in Pesukim that are unique, that appear only two times, or that are unique phrases, and then we say, well, conceptually, this is equivalent to this, but you also have the Pasuk, so then we join in the Pesukim. Later, later on, it becomes only about Pesukim and devoid of concept, but this is the earliest Gezerah Shavah, so it's good to pay, to pay close attention to it. Okay, so that's the Mishnah. Now the Gemara is going to compare this to three opinions in a Baraita. When the Mishnah mentioned whether it was today or yesterday, what's a, we're assuming right now that what it means is when it says it was separated today, that, that means the Shechita was done on Yom Tov also. Right? You did Shechita on Yom Tov and you separated the leg and that's the case where Bet Shemais is no good and Betilel says good. And then the other cases, when it was separated yesterday, let's assume that means that was, it was Shechita, you did Shechita yesterday also. Well, for sure, if you did Shechita yesterday, if you separated yesterday, you have to do Shechita. You can't separate the leg before you do Shechita. The other way is not necessarily true. It could be, I did Shechita yesterday, but I didn't separate the leg uh, until Yom Tov. Okay? And then we're going to end up saying, uh, saying something like that. But right now we're assuming that yesterday and today means I separated it yesterday and I separated it today on Yom Tov. Okay, now Mani Matitin, who is the author of this Mishnah? So we have three opinions that we're going to see all three as follows. What we're going to see is that Rabbi Yoseh is the most lenient. According to him, in his version of Betilel, you're allowed to even bring Tiruma. Okay, very surprising. Rabbi Yoseh is going to be the halacha at the end of the sugya. Okay, so we're up for some nice surprises. So Rabbi says the most lenient. Rabbi is a little bit less lenient. Acharim is the most stringent. But Acharim seems to be what our Mishnah says. Let's see this, Braita, the Tanya. 
אמר רבי יהודה, לא נחלקו בית שמאי ובית הלל, אלא על המתנות שהרמו מערב יום טוב, שמוליכין עם המתנות שהרמו מהיום ושנשחטו היום. בית שמאי agrees with בית הלל that if I have some, some uh, uh, leg that I separated yesterday, and I have another leg that I separated today, I can take them both and bring it to the Kohen. Since I'm going anyway, I can take stuff from yesterday and today. That everyone agrees. But to do it separately, if it's from today, that's fine. But if from yesterday, Betilel says, no, I can't do it. And Bet Shemai says, no, no good. And Betilel says, yes, you can do it. What you see here already is that this is one step too lenient than our Mishnah, because our Mishnah said, according to Bet Shemai, you cannot bring it, whether it was from yesterday or today, separated yesterday or today, neither one is good. So that, therefore you see that Bet Shemai, um, that Rabbi Yehuda is too lenient to be the author of our Mishnah. And then the rest of it just quotes the end of the Mishnah. This doesn't add anything. It's exact words of Mishnah, but they fit into the Behuda. So we'll just read it. But Shemai says, you can't bring Tiruma no matter when it was separated. You can't give it to the Kohen. So too, um, you can't give to the Kohen anything that was separated yesterday, right? But if it's separated today, it'll be okay. It's not the same. You couldn't separate it before, and that's why it's prohibited. But, uh, but other matanot, you can separate them today. And since you can separate them today, you can give them even if you separated yesterday regarding the chala and matanot. Okay, that's all Rabbi Yehuda. Amar Rabbi Yoseh, Lo nechliku bet Hishamai u bet Hilel ala matanot shemolichin. Lo nechliku ela ala tiruma. Okay, so Rabbi Yosef has a completely different version of this. It says they do not argue regarding matanot, meaning regarding chala and the parts of the animal. You can bring them, you can separate them, you can give it to the Kohen. No problem, even according to Bet Shammai. Wow, this is way too lenient. So what's the machloket? They argue about tiruma, tiruma itself. So Bet Shammai says you can't, Bet Hillel says you can. And now how's that going to work with this, with the Gezerah Shavah? They flip it. According to the Biyoseh, the argument is flipped. Betilel is the first one that starts off. Betilel says, I'll make a comparison. You all agree that Hala and the parts of the animal are gifts to the Kohen. And Tiruma is also a gift. So just like you agree that I'm allowed to bring the chala and the parts of the animal and I can give it to the Kohen, so to Tiruma, it's also a gift. It should be permitted. So I only agree regarding chala and matanot because I can separate them today because I can need dough and I can do shechita. So since I can separate them, I'm allowed to give them. But Tiruma... I cannot separate it. I should have separated it yesterday. Therefore, I also cannot bring it. Okay, this is way too lenient to be, uh, to be reconciled with our Mishnah. So for sure, the Biyosei is not the author of the Mishnah. And finally, they agree regarding Tiruma. We can't give it to the Kohen. And 
So this is very simple. Acharim keeps it simple. He doesn't talk about yesterday or today. He just says, Bet Shammai says, you cannot give matanot, give matanot on Yom Tov to the Kohen. And Bet Hillel says it's allowed. And so you see that Acharim fit the Mishnah perfectly and the Yehuda does not. Okay, so this would seem very, very basic and simple, but Rava wants to fit it in. And maybe the Yehuda also. So he says, It doesn't say in the Mishnah that they that it was um, separated today and you did Shechita today. Does it say that? No, it just says, It just says that it was separated. Um, it doesn't say when you did Shechita. Maybe both cases of the Mishnah is when I did Shechita yesterday. And the question is, I did Shechita yesterday. Did I separate out the jawbone and the leg yesterday? Or did I separate, separate it out today? And either one of those two cases, that's where Betilel says it's permitted. And Bet Shemai says, no, the one today is okay, but not the one from yesterday, unless you join them together. But none of them were talking about when you do Shechita actually today. And therefore, so this can actually fit Rabbi Yehuda because the case of the Mishnah is similarly talking about a case where I brought it today. And that's the case where, Shem, where I separated it today. And that's where Betilel says fine. And Bet Shemai says no. And that would fit. Um, okay, so now we have a problem. So now you're saying it's only the Yehuda and not Achirim? We answer, or we mean is that it can be even, even if you say Acherim, it can still be talking about that which was, um, which was uh, slaughtered yesterday. Only if it was slaughtered yesterday, that's when Bet Shammai is Mahmir. But in fact, if it was slaughtered today, then Bet Shammai would say it's okay to do it. And so we can make Acherim agree with the Biuda. And now everybody agrees, Acherim and Rabbi Yehuda agree, and we made the Mishnah also fit with that. They're all talking about a case when it was did slaughtering yesterday, and that's when Bet Shammai says you can't do it. If it was slaughtered on Yom Tov then be, and separated on Yom Tov, then Bet Shammai would say it's okay. Okay, now we have a new problem. Now Acherim is the same as Rabbi Yehuda, so there's no difference between them. There is still one difference, which is the, the secondary gift. According to Rabbi Yehuda, if you remember, he says, if you have stuff from yesterday and stuff from today, you can bring them all together. They permit. Acherim say no. If you have stuff from yesterday, you can't bring it. Stuff from today, from today's slaughter, you can bring. So there is still a difference between them. And so now, right now, where we are at is that our Mishnah can be reconciled with Rabbi Yehuda or with Acherim, but not for sure not with Rabbi Yosef, because that's totally different. And yet, here's where we're going to end. Even though the Mishnah is not like him, uh, this is a, quite a surprise. Halacha is nevertheless like the Biyose. It's true, the Biyose actually does win out when, uh, from his colleagues in general for Halacha. And we have a story. So this rabbi had a bottle of Tiruma wine and he wanted to give it to a Kohen on Yom Tov. Yes, of Yosef, can I give this bottle of wine to the Kohen today? So I'm told I want him to enjoy it today. Says, yes, Shemuel said, you can follow the Biyose. And according to the Biyose, the machloket between Bet Hilam and Bet Shemai is regarding Tiruma. 
and Bet Hillel permits giving Teruma to the Kohen, and for sure, if it's Hala or, or, um, or Matanot, all that would be permitted. And so even though the Mishnah says it's prohibited, we follow Halakha like Rabbi Yosef. And here, when you have a statement and a story also, right, the story really backs up the statement. This is not just a theoretical. He actually gave a Halakha Lamaseh that this is permitted. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.